Welcome to the Movie Machine Podcast presented by Hot Chocolate Media. I'm your moderator today, Kyle Decker, and I am thrilled to introduce to you three media luminaries who are going to pitch a movie today based on a random prompt from the internet. Our writer, Jacob, was Bruce Willis's chuffa writer on Glass. You, you might have thought all of that stunted dialogue was all M. Night Shyamalan, but no. Like, I love me some M. Night, but stunted dialogue is like his signature. And Jacob, chuffas with the best. Our director, Ben Lifson, was Matthew McConaughey's cool coach on the new film Serenity. Not to be confused with the sci-fi show, but it's the one, yeah, it's bad. But anyway, and our producer, Kamara, who is the still suit consultant on the brand new Dune movie. She's making sure the still suits are on point. Because if you're going to make a Dune movie, there's one thing you can't mess up. It's the still suit. Mm-hmm. So, starting with our writer, the theme of your story is an allegorical quest. The main characters are an attractive leader and a religious farmer. The major event of the story is promotion. Okay, so this story is about a gentleman who served in the military for some time and was, you know, sort of became like a, a captain or colonel, one of the higher ranking, um, you know, mid to high rank tiers, and then retired from that role because he had early onset dementia and was starting to lose touch with reality. So he comes home to his his wife, who is a, a farmer and has been a, a farmer throughout his his military career. She has a, a horse farm, which is wonderful but difficult to maintain and the difficulty of maintaining it is is pretty tough once he's back and is having the troubles with his dementia but he communicates really well through music he's able to link link sense memories and link Uh, complex memories to music so the two of them take a couple of the horses and they go on this like journey together almost like a road trip but they they travel across their their home state can be anywhere really doesn't doesn't matter too much to me in terms of the setting as long as it's you know beautiful and they they can kind of experience that journey of like rediscovering each other together so they they travel around and they go and see all of these like live shows i love the idea of like you know maybe blues music or like uh, folk music Maybe like old school country, not new country, never new country, you know, being their sort of like route in and helps him, you know, focus and like maintain, you know, good, good methods for keeping himself together. I think the twist sort of at the end is that they've sort of gone through this process together as a, a fantasy. The The end is his, his dementia is preventing him from functioning as a military officer and um, his body is failing because he's been on on too many difficult missions, and the end is a posthumous promotion for him to the next rank up in the military. So the process that that we're seeing throughout the movie it's almost like a framework story. We get the beginning and the end, and those are like the only moments happening in the now. The rest of it is sort of this fantasy in between of them kind of you know experiencing what they they wish the last days could be, rather than what it actually is. Great. Uh, And you got a title for this? It's going to be called My Dreams and Yours. 
All right, so Director Ben, mm-hmm. the script for this actually comes in pressed on a one-print-run vinyl to where the, the whole script has been spoken and recorded on the vinyl for you, so you have to pay an intern to transcribe it. But it's got a really pretty like cover on the album, like pastoral photography mm-hmm. and everything. The title of the album, which is really a script, is called My Dreams and Yours. So yeah, There's a picture of a very picturesque stallion right on the cover. So... This is a cinematographer's film, I think. Lots of sweeping shots, faraway shots, lighting, wind going through cornfields. This is a movie, not of dialogue, but of sight. Words can be heard, but perhaps only in the breeze. This is a film that you watch with your eyes. Everything's going to be shot at golden hour, first of all. We're only going to shoot for like an hour a day across many days. But every shot will be beautiful. Teachers at art academies will show this film in their lighting classes. This film will be melancholy, yet happy. This film will delight the senses, yet terrorize them with sadness. For the actors, we are going to get Tommy Lee Jones, Captain. He is a person, if you've seen No Country for Old Men, who doesn't know his place in the world. I think he still doesn't know his place in the world as an actor and a real person. I haven't met the man, but that's how I'm going to direct him as if he were like that. I think it will really show. Tony Shalhoub is a farmer. Gets his fingernails dirty. I want him to method act this. I'm going to instruct him. We shall make sure there's always dirt under his fingernails, and we shall show it in our close-ups. Because his hands are his way of communicating with the world, and that's how I want to project it in this film. The shots of his hands should outweigh the shots of his face. And so this film will be a visual marvel. The script is only an hour and a half of content. We're going to make it a two and a half hour movies because we're going to have so many establishing shots and just galloping along. That is my statement on the matter. So producer, uh, you're up. The director has sent you their intent in dailies, but the only way Ben communicates is through his dream journal. He doesn't like talking to you on any other method but that and the grams, which I think he means Instagram, but I'm not sure. So you feeling good about that? Is this film a winner? That's the question. I mean, absolutely. If there's anything Fox Films is looking to produce, it's definitely big budget films with an indie budget feel from a dream journal and Instagram perspective. When we're talking about the demographic that eats this up, we're looking at people who got fixed gear bikes, who wear closely fitted hats, visit the museum on a weekday just to be quiet and still. This, this movie excites the hell out of me. It's been a long time since I've seen something come across my desk with this much artistic vision packed into just endless, endless scenes of fields. I mean, I could look at scenes of wind blowing through grain all day. How we're going to do this is we're going to make it really, really norm core. I mean, I just, I don't know about you guys, but I love that aesthetic. It's one of my favorites. Just, oh, I just think denim. I think American apparel. I think... Yeah, this is going to be great. Like everybody walked out of an Old Navy. Like everyone walked out of an Old Navy and right into my heart. Exactly. So we're given this one. I think we're on the same page at this one. We are absolutely on the same page. And I, I really, honestly, Dream Journal submitted to me. You couldn't get me to say yes faster. I'm going to say at least $100 million. I, I want it to, again, feel and look like an indie film, but I want to be able to give the creators the space to really do what they do best. And that is sitting out there in a field in Montana for days and days and days, getting it just 
right. If we could borrow some of Frank Ocean's ideas on his um, epic visual album, Endless, I, I, I mean, I really would actually sit down and watch uh, this lead character build a barn. I think that would be absolutely essential to the story. I think it's going to hit right into the heart of the heartland. And I think we really need to go for the gold on this. Let no handmade stone be unturned. <laughs> Let's really do this. And I love the idea that this this veteran and his wife can only communicate in this fan- fantasy world that they have between each other through music. I think music is one of those things that definitely, definitely resonates with uh, people who have fixed gear bikes. And yeah, I'm just ready to go for the gold on this one. Let's only market this through music magazines. All right. I would actually like to know more about the the handmade stone process because I've been getting my stone from like, you know, Target or like Menards. But if there's like a sustainably sourced method to make your own stones, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Not only sustainably sourced, but organically grown. Oh. It is an artisanal process. Yeah. We'll talk more after the show. So Ryder, uh, (laughs) the producer uh, has a Uber driver deliver... The studio notes via a Whole Foods bag Reads. to you. Uh, the, the director hasn't used most of your dialogue, but it has used all your exterior field, interior barn to the letter. Well, I think that's that's progress. One thing to clarify, um, I, you know, this isn't a, a criticism. Did you did you change the, the wife to a man? Are they a gay couple now? I'm they, okay either way. No criticism. It is not romance that they're connected by. They're connected by fate beyond that. It exists outside, much like two people who would die in a foxhole with one another. Okay. Well, I mean, I think part of the story that I was interested in telling was a couple of some kinds, whether, you know, straight or or non, that's fine. But I want them to be, you know, kind of like reconnecting at the the tail end of, you know, one story and kind of starting their own together is like the idea of it. So I, I think... A romance of any kind is critical there. You can cast that however you want. You can frame it however you want, but that's part of my story. The other thing I'm going to do, we clearly have enough money. I'm just going to buy a horse farm. You can use it for whatever you want. And um, I'm going to spend some time riding horses and learning stuff about horses. And I'm going to help train them so that it's easy for you to shoot them with a camera. And... I think your idea about visually telling the story is really good, but they do need to have some conversations in terms of, you know, getting over the the conflicts that they've had in their lives, find a sense of closure, and also kind of like, you know, rediscover each other as people who've lived long lives and didn't always get to spend tons of time together. If you, you know, only had a little bit longer, what would you do? And I think both of them, you know, probably haven't had that conversation until this point because they've both been working really hard in their own separate careers. And that's a good time to have that conversation while they're doing something cool together. The other thing that I want to do is I'm going to travel around with some of that, that clearly readily available cash and meet some like local musicians. So I'll send a little list of recommendations over to the director and producer for that. And then I think we should try and get some original tunes in this as well. So I'll send some recommendations over to see what you guys think. So yeah, that's, that's what I got. I'm, I'm glad you guys liked my script. All right, Ben, the writer has uh, sent you his rewrites and everything you requested in in the the bag of uh, legalized weed from Seattle and two Fish albums and a Mufford and Sons album, which are actually just all on a thumb drive. The weed's on the thumb drive, too? No, the, the albums are on a thumb drive. He otherwise likes what you're doing. You, you, you feel in his vibe? 
Well, regarding music, I thought that my version has plenty of music because the music is life. The sights, the sounds. However, if soundtrack is required, we shall have one song and it shall be slowed down to one two thousandth and it'll just be stretched across the entire film. So there'll be this low ambience and you won't know what it is. It'll be a song about life, about fishing, about looking at the breeze and thinking, I wish I could follow you. I'm sure a song with all of that exists. I don't know. I see with my eyes, not with my ears. Tony Shalhoub is out, not because of your comments, but because he was impossible to work with. I asked him to spend three months as a farmer building his own thing to method act and prepare. He did not do this. He is out of the film. We are going to get Maggie Smith to replace him. She will have a cowboy hat and they shall wander. They look the same age. I mean, over 30, you know, it's the same age in Hollywood. Over 30 equals grandma. He's playing opposite. Oh, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he he was on, on board for that. I asked him to method act being on a Navy ship, and he was totally on board for that. <laughs> Pun intended. I don't do puns, though. In any case, the dialogue is there, if you can hear it, I mean. But, you know, I really want to also make it be a metaphor for anything. So we won't be naming any of the characters, because I want people to see this and think, this is a metaphor for my life. Not just for these characters. These characters are us. We are them. And so, when the last cornfield falls, so too... We'll doubt. All right. Also, since we have more of budget, I'm going to start a forest fire and film that. <laughs> a controlled forest fire? Controlled yeah, fire. or right. a cornfield fire. Cornfield fire. All right, producer, your uh, director sends you the treatment, but it's all pantomimed out of a paper mache thing made out of only organic GMO-free corn husks. So they're a little discolored. Do you feeling good about what they're doing with your big pile of money you gave them? Actually, yeah, I'm feeling great. I'm loving this direction that we're going more and more. I really feel like the artists are uh, engaged in metaphysical college, as we say, at Fox. And I think this is going to be a really, really big deal film. I like the idea of not having a soundtrack. And as Ben said, the music of life being very prevalent throughout the film. We're talking about Tommy Lee Jones. We're talking about Dame Maggie Smith. I mean, the two of them together make muses with their faces. I mean, actors always talk about their body as the instrument, right? All right, so let's go for it. Do we do we still have the like scenes with music? Where they see musicians? Yes, but instead of local musicians, because they're a little too real dirty, we'll get non-local musicians that are already famous and dirty them up a little bit. You know, put a little soot on, uh, like, I don't know, Lady Gaga's face and stick her in a corner with um, a mouth harp. Or um, we'll take Childish Gambino and put him in some overalls and have him on stage at a local pub. It'll be absolutely amazing. And it'll still have that texture that we're looking for. And that song slowed down. I mean, no song like that exists yet. But what I was thinking, and I think where we're going to get the real money off of the soundtrack sales, at least, is if we get uh, Kendrick Lamar just scream whispering into a mic for 45 minutes, and then we take that and stretch it out and make that the soundtrack to the film. I think it's going to really, really, really hit big with not only museum goers, but docents as well. And docents have a lot of money, as we all know. Oh, God, I'm really loving this film. You know, again, it's been a long time since I've seen anything with this much artistic vision come across my desk at Fox. And I have to say thank you. Thank you for bringing this to my attention. And thank you for using only yeah, organic Shape of products. Water was a fucking shit show. <laughs> Shape of Water was garbage. It was You're garbage. just singing about fish. You're not down for fish fucking. No. All right. I am down for grain fucking, though. 
And we're going to see a lot of that in this film. We're going to see a just, lot of that. But they're just fucking with their eyes, right? Just fucking with their eyes. Again, yeah. actor, instrument. We want them to be able to rehearse with each other, too. I don't want this thing, you know, let's not do three shots and then we're done. We're Fox. We care about art. Let's let the actors have the space. Let's have them rehearse. We'll have them sit in a room before we start filming for six days and just stare at each other. And the room's got to be all concrete. Oh, I already did that. Oh, perfect. See, see, you're here. And I made them make the concrete room first, though. Oh, God, I love method. We got to get Daniel Day-Lewis in on this somehow. I don't know how, but somewhere. Somehow we got to get him on it. He's going to play the corn. Oh, yes. (laughs) All right. Is there anything else you want to add before I send this bad boy? I don't think this this film has a gender. Before I send this thing to the movie machine. No, I think we're pretty good. All right. So I'm going to put... My dreams and yours in the movie machine, which sounds like a horse whinny followed by a very pathetic fart. So this movie, it's very divisive. People who actually enjoy movies hate this movie because it's boring and everything. However, people who name their kids Jackson with an X and shop at Whole Foods fucking love this movie to the point that they actually sell it they put blu-rays of it in the aisles at whole foods like near the essential oils section and everything so it sells really well there gwyneth paltrow loves it so much she starts promoting on her goop page along with the crystals to put inside your vagina and all those other things as well so yay it's a hit a big thing people calling it the my dreaming is where they'll project it on the wall during a yoga class and just do yoga for the entire two hour 32 minute runtime of the film so it, it kind of gets this weird niche like if a film could smell like quinoa this one does and it does okay you don't make your hundred million dollar budget back in box office it doesn't have much of box office run but the tie-in promotional sales of yoga mats and granola and everything and and you make your money back. You don't lose you lose the bank. There is one cultural moment you did not anticipate, though. By putting all of the pop stars in grittiness, a bunch of 90s pop stars tried to reach into their popularity. And uh, you've unwittingly brought back Hootie and the Blowfish as a uh, bluegrass kind of... They play with like banjos and everything. And their most popular thing is a free riffing 12-minute cover of Only Want to Be With You. <laughs> With nothing but banjos and horse whinnies. So, yeah. So that's what you've done. So the movie machine is magic. Starting with our writer, you do have two minutes of time travel magic. You can make changes to avoid the fate of this film, or you can call it art and revel in what you've created. Well, I think everything was a mistake. But, you know, at this point, it's it's probably too late, and we should just roll with it. I think. Oh, I forgot to add Daniel Day-Lewis is dead because you set him on fire because you made him the corn. You said you set the cornfield on fire. I Holy didn't make him the corn. Forgot about that part. He just showed up, and, like, I didn't notice him for days. And then, like, I went over, and I was like, are you are, are you Daniel Day-Lewis? And, and he went... Trying to mimic the sound of corn in the wind, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, you're. Do you want to come in?" He he wouldn't talk to me. I I tried, you know, and that's that's not even my responsibility. I wrote this thing. I own the farm, but the director needs to wrangle some actors. And clearly, what what he wrangled was his own metaphorical penis. In this, looks like a masturbatory vision. Anyway, so I think the thing I'm most proud of is. The, like, coconut shell Blu-ray cases to make sure that they were super sustainable selling in the, the, the Whole Foods. Um, and also, it's, like, it's kind of a cool packaging. Like, I have uh, a shelf with a couple of them on it, and they have, like, they look cool next to all the plastic and stuff. 
Um, just kidding. That was a terrible idea. And so I guess I'm just going to go live on my horse farm for a while and probably shoot myself. All right, Ben. So uh, you're very popular with white people with dreadlocks. You feeling okay about this? I will say Daniel Day-Lewis did break character a little bit as he was burning, which I was a little disappointed in. (laughs) But I am happy that he narrated his death to the very end. I believe it was sometimes skin and bones will they just divorce one another through the licks of fire something like that so that was interesting i'm hoping to put that on the special features as soon as legal department tells me it makes it a snuff film or not besides that i'm proud this film to me was never about making money this film to me was never about people watching it to me this film was about what i could do but not in a selfish way why was i put on this earth why were you put on this earth Now, I'm not going to be egotistical, but I am one of the most important people in the universe. And this film was my reason for being here. I guess my only regret is that I couldn't work in crashing waves on the shore. I wanted to. Because you filmed in Montana, which is (laughs) landlocked. What happened in the Navy scenes? Did you not shoot any of those at sea? I didn't want to contextualize the Navy scenes. Oh my God, I'm just going to go get trampled to death right now. <laughs> right, so so our producer, Kamara, the film, the, the studio's not unhappy because he eventually made your money back and made a tidy little, it's a regular revenue generator in like merchandise sales and all. It just took longer. It wasn't the return, quick return they wanted. They're going to let you keep working. Are you okay with that? Or do you want to try and change the course of history with this film? I mean, why would I want to? It did almost everything that I wanted it to do. Every single white person with dreads that bought this film, after hearing Kendrick Lamar screaming softly on the soundtrack for 180 minutes, burned their dreads in solidarity. So I mean, as a black woman who's producing for Fox, there's nothing I could have asked for. I'm sorry. More can you imagine that. the smell of you know 50,000 white people with dreads setting them on fire? It's the smell of justice. <laughs> It's the smell of justice. Um, I just want to, you know, on a non-personal and more producer note, I I do have to say for legal reasons that Daniel Day-Lewis is not in fact dead. He is actually method preparing for the upcoming Fox-produced film of Discworld, the entirety of Discworld. He is a very incredibly dedicated actor, and we do wish him the best in his current state of ash. I think it's going to be an amazing film, and I'm excited to be on board with all the producers making that one happen. But yeah, I mean, we made our money back, and um, the smell of justice was indeed smelt. I think you should be, you as a writer... get me on that Discworld project, I won't kill myself. I absolutely will get you on that Discworld okay. project. And I think you should be proud of yourself as a writer. And maybe a little went off the rails for you, but for us, it was it was a big win, and mm-hmm. it was an emotional win, frankly. And I, again, I just, I just can't get enough of that organic, ethically sourced, artisanal Blu-ray <laughs> feel. All right. All right. And now it sounds like nothing's changing. So I'm just going to return to the cornfield from whence I came. My purpose fulfilled. Well, there you've heard it. Ben has gone one with the cornfield. As always, though, and here at uh, Movie Machine Hot Chocolate Media, we end every episode with some words of wisdom from our patron saint, Jaden Smith. I don't want you guys to think because I was born in America that I speak and abide by English grammar. I speak Jaden indefinitely. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> this film's so pretentious. Yeah. It just gave a white kid from Long Island a grant for doing African art. <laughs> <laughs> I thought 
thought you were gonna say a boner. I was like, yeah. <laughs> no, just like. <laughs> 